Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Can we thank our worship team for leading us this morning? Come on. Great job, great job. Well, good morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name's Bobby. If I haven't got to meet you yet, uh, please don't think that I'm like antisocial. I'm not feeling the greatest this week, and so I've been giving fist bumps. I, I want to meet you, but I don't want to get you sick, all right? And so we're extremely honored for you to be here today. And my prayer today is that this church, this body of Christ, I pray that you leave here uh, 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 hopeful and joyful and encouraged today. And it's going to be a fun, fun day. I'm excited to preach this message. Um, we're closing out a series on relationships. We've been talking about relationships for the last uh, four weeks now, and just some different attributes of what does it take to have a healthy relationships. If I can look in my life and see some relationships that aren't the healthiest, or maybe they just feels clogged up or disconnected, what are some of those things? And and you know, many of us have walls, right? We have walls in between us and someone, and so we've just been looking at how can we have these relationships and turn those walls into windows. How can we better connect? How can we have a healthier? Uh, uh, relationship. And and my heart for this series, I, I think there's nothing more important than relationships. I really, really do. Your relationship with the Lord first and foremost, but then your relationship with, with people, with humanity. I think it's vital for us to have good, healthy relationships. And so today, um, as we get started, I'm going to give you some homework, right? And I know some of you thinking when the teacher used to give you homework, you're like, oh gosh, it's two questions, right? It's two questions. All you got to do is pray, okay? So, but, but here's the homework. And I want to ask, I want to get you to, to ask the, yourself and pray about these two questions. Question number one is this. What relationships in my life has walls? Is there any relationships in my life that I feel that there's a wall? There's a disconnect. Something's not clicking. Something's not, you know, there's no harmony. There's, it's just something's off. What relationships? And just ask God to reveal those relationships to you. And then step number two, to, or, or number two, question number two. What steps can I take to turn those walls into windows. What steps can I take to turn those walls into windows? A lot of times we, we, we don't mind thinking about the relationships, but we oftentimes think, well, what should they do to change to make this better, right? But the question I want to encourage you to ask this week is what steps, God, can you reveal to me to turn walls into windows? What steps can I take? And let's be honest. All of us have troubles, right? Relationships have conflict. It's, it's a part of every single one of us. And I, I, I pray that, that we would see it for what it is and not make it something that, that continues to be unhealthy and tears us apart. But we have to understand something, all right? Some people just don't want windows, right? Some people are never going to uh, uh, have that connection like maybe we want it. Look at Jesus' life. Jesus treated people better than you and I ever could, and he still had people that wanted to kill him. He still had people that didn't want to accept his love, and he, he tried to give them a window, and they still didn't want it. And so when we, when we think about that, there's always going to be people in our lives that just don't want windows. But I want you to, to, to focus today not on, not on the people who don't want the windows. Paul says it like this in Romans chapter 12. He says, if possible, if possible, and as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So, so here's this Apostle Paul, and he's saying, man, if it's possible, I need you to do this. Now, some people, it's, just, it's, it's going to be walls. It's going to stay walls. But if it's possible, and as far as it depends on you. 
And I want you to, uh, that's kind of what we're going to focus on today, as far as it depends on me. What can I do to help turn some walls into windows? And so, as I mentioned, we're kind of coming to the end of this um, series, and we've just been looking at different um, aspects, different elements, if you will. What are, what are some key um, attributes of healthy relationships? In week one, we talked about humility and how just an important role humility plays for you and I to have healthy relationships, right? We can't be selfish and life be all about us and for life to, er, and to have healthy relationships. So well, how do I know I need to get over myself? How do I know if I'm not humble? We talked about week two, honor. Honor is not something we talk about a lot, but what, how can I bring honor into the culture of my home, the culture of my workplace, the culture of my school, my friend group, bringing honor. And then last week, we talked about a tough one that we don't love to talk about. We talked about holiness and what the Bible really calls Christians to is being holy as Christ is holy. It doesn't mean we're perfect, right? It just means I'm striving after the Lord. And today we're going to talk about this final attribute that I'm, I'm sure you probably couldn't guess if I gave you a hundred times. Today we're going to talk about hunger. Hunger, all right? And so the Bible talks a lot about food, and I thought, man, I can't talk about hunger without bringing something to eat, right? So I called up Chick-fil-A, and I was like, look, I know you're closed on Sundays, but I'm preaching on hunger. Will you stay open? And they were like, sure. So I got everybody chick. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't. Wouldn't that be awesome, though? <laughs> I have a dream that one day I'm going to be able to give away chicken on a Sunday, Chick-fil-A chicken. The Bible talks a lot about food, um, and, and relates to food. But obviously today I'm not going to talk to you about uh, a physical hunger. It's important, right? Uh, but what's going to tear down some walls in my relationships? What's going to uh, open up some windows is a, is a spiritual hunger. A hungering in my soul. Let me illustrate it like this. Probably all of us have done this. How many of you, be honest, you're in church so you can't lie, okay? How many of you have ever went to the fridge, you opened up the fridge, and it wasn't like meal time, you were just hungry, right? And you look in the fridge and you go... Man, we don't have anything to eat. <laughs> Anybody done that? Be honest. Come on, come on. Parents, what about mom? Mom, you went to the grocery store like yesterday, and the kid walks into the pantry. You're like, we don't have any food. Why, why don't we ever have any food in here, right? We, we've all done that. And, and, and here's what we're saying. We're not literally opening up the fridge going, we don't have any food. We know we have food, right? What we're really saying is nothing in here is going to satisfy me. Nothing in here is what I want right now, right? I mean, yeah, sure, we got some apples and oranges, but I want ice cream, right? Nothing is going to satisfy. It's not that there's nothing to eat. It's just that I want something else. And, and just like our physical body needs nourishment, our, our soul needs nourishment. Our, our spiritual life needs nourishment. And I believe that God has built in a spiritual, a natural spiritual appetite for every single person in the world. Every one of us. We may not know it. We may not understand it. But you have a spiritual appetite. And you're like, well, wait a minute. How, how can you say that? Because here's what I believe. You were made by God for God. You were made by God, and you were made for God. And so if he created you, he created you to, to want him. You were made by God, for God, for his purposes. So there's something in us that there's this natural hunger for the spiritual things of life. Now, all of us feed on things that we feel like may fill us up, 
But we have to be certain that we're feeding on the right things. We have to be certain that we're, we're, we're uh, uh, fulfilling and, and, and satisfying our hunger with the things uh, that God tells us to. Now, we're going to jump into some of those things. And, okay, what, what do I need to hunger after to, to be healthy, to tear down some walls? But, but first, before we go there, what are some of the things that we hunger after that aren't fulfilling? What are some of the things that, were, that are unhealthy, the, the daily and the real temptations to feed on things that won't fill me up? And I want to challenge you today, and, and at the end, I'm going to give you another challenge to, to really take some personal uh, uh, inventory of your life. But, but for some of us, it's, it's about possessions, right? It's about how much stuff can we accumulate while we're here on earth? How, much, how many good things can I get? For some, we, we try to feel... Uh, uh, fill that hunger with with positions right if I can just climb the ladder and if I can just get here and if I can just do this and prestige and it just means so much to me for for people to look up to me and respect me and and to have power and I want to be the boss and I want to be the leader and we get in all these things right oh if we can just be successful if I can if we can just have more stuff if my salary can go more and, and if if my social media man if I I, I just want to I feed off the social media the the impact and the input that I get about my life The common thing amongst all of these things is that they're always going to leave you feeling empty and wanting more. Ask anybody who has ever walked through a time in their life where they were uh, popular or they were a celebrity and, and, and they had it all. You read story after story after story like, yeah, I had a lot of money. Yeah, I had a lot of friends. Yeah, I had a lot of this. But at the end of the day, I was empty. I struggled, I, I, didn't, I, I was unfulfilled. The hunger that I'm talking about today can only be filled by God. And if I'm made by God and I'm made for God, what does he tell me to hunger for? What is it? Okay, I, I want to hunger after the things that God tells me for. What are those? Let's look at a few scriptures together. Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. If not, it'll be here on the screen. Matthew chapter 5. This portion of scripture, Jesus is teaching his disciples and he gives them kind of a list of eight things uh, for them. If they want to have a blessed life, and we'll talk about what that means, then, then, then go after these things. And it's just solid, great truth for, for disciples of Christ to, to chase after. But Matthew chapter five, verse six says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. So, so to simplify it, if I want a filled life, if I want my life to be fulfilling, some translations, that word blessed, use, use satisfied. If I want to be satisfied, if you want a life that is fulfilling and, and satisfying, you must hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, let me expand that into our topic of relationships. If I want to tear down some walls in, in a relationship, if I want to build windows where there used to be a wall, I must hunger and thirst for righteousness. So Jesus tells his disciples what they should hunger for. And I want to try to define this, and I want to just simplify it. It's really kind of two-fold definition, if you will. If, I, if the question is, what is righteousness? Let me give you kind of two, two definitions that go together. The first one is this. Righteousness is being right with God. It's being right with God. Think of it as a vertical relationship, me and the Lord. Righteousness is being right with God. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, also to the Greek. 
For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. God's way of putting people right shows up when we have faith, when our relationship with him is right. It is is, is this vertical relationship. The person in right standing before God trusts that he really is who he says he is. Right? And, and, and here's Paul saying this, that, that the righteousness of God speaks of having this right relationship with him. Now, there's good news and bad news here, okay? There's good news and bad news here. The bad news is that true and perfect righteousness is not attainable for you and I. There's nothing you can do. At the end of your life, you're not going to be able to put all the good things you did on the scale and all the bad things you did on the scale and hope that the good outweighs the bad. That's never going to happen for you and I. We have a natural, sinful desire. We talked about this last week. The Bible calls my righteousness filthy rags. That's the best I'm going to get is filthy rags. So the bad news is I cannot attain this on my own. The standard is too high. I'm never going to get there. But the good news... The good news is that righteousness is made possible for mankind. It can't be done by mankind, but the righteousness is made possible for mankind only through the cleansing blood of Jesus, only through a relationship with Christ and indwelling in the Holy Spirit. So so to simplify, what is righteousness? Being right with God, God does this for you and I. When I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, righteousness enters into my life, and now I'm right with God. But the second part of righteousness is this. Just a, a, a kind of a simple definition, living right as God intends. So, so I'm right with God vertically. And then the second part of righteousness is living right as God intends. My, my vertical relationship is right, therefore my horizontal relationships are right. First John chapter 2 says this, If you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. Follow God's ways instead of man's ways. If righteousness comes from, if you know him, righteousness will come out of your life. If he's inside of your heart, it'll come out in the way you live. So so understanding righteousness, it's this position and it's practice. It's position, I'm right with God, I'm, I'm in the right place, I'm, in the, I'm at right where God, God's will is for me, I'm in the right p- position, but also have the right practice, right? I'm living right as God intends. So here's the, here's the real question. Why should I care about being righteous? What, what, what does all this mean for me? Why should I care about being right with God? Like I got all this life and I want to live and I want to have fun and I want to do nice things and all that. So why should I care about being right with God? Look at Proverbs chapter 12, uh, maybe a verse that you've never really jumped into and understand. Why should I care about being right with God? Let me give you the answer. It's the only way to live and it's the only way to heaven. It's the only way to live, and it's the only way to heaven. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 7, or 28 says this. There is life in the path of righteousness. In the path of righteousness is life. Everything else is not life. All the things that we try to fill our lives up with, it's not living. There is life in the path of righteousness. And then listen to this. And in its past, there's no death. There's no death. So, so sin, because of my sin, for the wages of sin is death, right? So my sin deserves death. But in righteousness, in the path, there is no death. 
Therefore, the way to eternity is through Jesus Christ. If you feel disconnected today, you sit in here this morning and you feel like there's a wall in between you and the Lord. Your vertical relationship, you're hitting the ceiling, right? You're just, you keep hitting your head on the ceiling. When there's a wall between you and God, you're not really living. When there's, when there's distance, you're just existing. You're filling your life up with food that will keep you empty, that'll keep you unsatisfied, that will keep you unfulfilled. True life only comes when we surrender our lives to him because we were made by God for God. And when we hunger and thirst for him, we will live our lives to be fully satisfied. I have a, a, a kind of a weird uh, hobby. I, I, well, it's not really weird. I love music, all right? I really do. I love music, but I cannot play any instrument. I cannot sing. It's weird. Why do you like something that you're no good at? I don't know, right? But, but I really like music, and so we, we listen to all kinds of stuff. We turn the tunes up, and we roll the windows down, and none of us can sing. Well, Sissy can sing, but the rest of us can't, and, 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 and so the other day, I was uh, talking to the girls, and I said, how many of you have ever heard of U2? Any, anybody in here, how many of you have heard of U2? All right, some of the young people. How many of you have never heard U2? You've never heard that. Okay, all right, thank you for being honest, all right? This is, this is obviously a, a, an older band, really, really popular back in the day. But I, I, was, I was talking to the girls, and I, I looked up, man, these guys are theological giants, all right? Many years ago, they figured out this. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Think about that. I'm, I'm looking through life and I'm trying to figure this out. I want to be fulfilled. I want to be satisfied, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So I was thinking about that song this week and I went and I watched the old video and it's the funniest thing. Go watch it on YouTube. It's hilarious. You're like, wow, that's crazy. But I want you to look at these lyrics with me. All right, because this is one of the most popular bands of all time. I mean, top of the mountain. And this is the song that they wrote. I have climbed the highest mountains. I have run through the fields only to be with you, only to be with you. I have run, I have crawled. I have scaled these city walls, these city walls only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Think about this, just what are they saying, this, this weariness, right? I've, I've climbed to the top of the mountain. I've seen, I've been up here. But then I've also crawled on the ground and everything in between. I've done it all, everything that the world has to offer. And yet there still seems this dissatisfaction in my soul. There still seems this desire to pursue meaning in my life. And I still haven't found it. But then listen to the last verse. This is, this is not a church song. I believe in the kingdom come when all the colors will bleed into one, bleed into one, but yes, I'm still running. Listen to this. You broke the bonds and loosed the chains, carried the cross of my shame, of my shame. You know I believe it, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I never knew that. I never realized Here's, here's Bono, right? Is that his name? Bono? <laughs> Confe- Bono? My bad. Who's Bono? Sonny Bono? Bono? Oh, it's his brother. His brother, Bono and Bono. I got it. <laughs> here, here he confesses this, this 
this hope, this, this great Christian hope that there's a kingdom yet to come when everything is blended together in perfect unity. And, and he leaves no doubt in this song that, that this, has this Christian nature of hope. But he adds this line about carrying the cross of shame. But then he still, and he continues, and he says, there's still this incompletion. There's still this void in my life. There's still, I have this awareness that, that everything, that though I know everything's going to end in glory, but right now here on this earth, I'm unsatisfied. It's, I'm unfulfilled. I have, this, I have this unfulfilled longing for something more in my soul. C.S. Lewis, a very uh, sought-out author, wrote many books. He says this. If we find within ourselves a desire for which no earthly satisfaction can be found, perhaps this is evidence that we were made for another place altogether. Being being right with God leads to true satisfaction, leads to fulfillment in my vertical relationships and my horizontal relationships. So today, as we begin to close our time together, as as this series ends, and, and we'll do some more relationship series because I love preaching on relationships. I think it's vital. But the, 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 the question for today is this, that I want to encourage you to, to write down or to, to think about for yourself and your heart. What are you hungering for? What are you hungering for right now in your journey? We're all in different places in our journey, right? Some of us are just beginning. Some of us are, have been, been in it for a long time. What are you hungering for in your life right now? Is it, is it something that is continuously leaving you empty? Do you continually find yourself in this state of, of, of dissatisfaction? I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And if you find yourself in that place today, listen, I believe this with all of my heart. If you find that you're, 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 you're in this place and you're not uh, fulfilled, then seek righteousness hunger and thirst after righteousness one pastor said it like this if you're not hungry for God it's because you're full of something else if you're looking at your life today and you have no hunger for God then what are you filling your life up with things that are unhealthy things that are not going to bring satisfaction things that are not going to bring everlasting joy One author said it like this, deeply joyful and spiritually whole are those who actively seek right relationship with God and in doing so discover that he alone can completely save and satisfy their souls. Some of you have been waiting on God to do something in your life and you just feel void, you just feel blank, you just feel normal, you just feel average. And God's crying out and he says, hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's not about more stuff. It's not about more possessions or power or prestige. It's not, it's not about your social media following. That none of that's going to bring you satisfaction. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Friday night as I came home, I began to feel bad. And I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Stayed in bed all day yesterday. Well, bed, couch, bed, couch. Did that thing yesterday. <clears throat> Last night about midnight, I was like, Sherry, you're going to have to speak tomorrow. She's like, what? <laughs> you know, I made her panic a little bit. <clears throat> but all throughout this week, God continued to put um, a chapter on my heart. 
And I knew if anything, I wanted to be here today because I want to I want to end this series a little different than we normally would. Normally we just pray and, and we'll do that here in a second. But I ran across Psalm chapter 34. And as I read it, just it just kind of man, it ministered to my heart and and God just used it to speak to me. And and I just felt in my spirit the Lord say, uh, I want you to read that over City Hill Church. And so today as we close, all I want you to do right now in this moment is just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And listen, I get it. Listening to somebody read, it's not the easiest thing to stay locked in. But, but I just want to encourage you. Maybe there's a verse here today. Maybe you're, you're here for a reason. God has you here for a reason. You might have been drugged here by somebody. You might be here because you don't want to be, but you're here for a reason. And when when God's word is spoken, it is his word. That's exactly what it is. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me through his word. And my prayer today is that one of these verses, two of these verses, three, this whole chapter, I pray that God would use it in your situation. As you answer the question, what am I hungering for? Let me just read this over us today as we close our time together. The psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he rescued me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Listen to this church. Taste And see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person who takes refuge in Christ. You who are his holy ones fear the Lord. For those who fear him lack nothing. Young lions lack food and grow hungry. But those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Come children listen to me. I will teach you to fear of the Lord. Who is someone who desires life, loving a long life to enjoy what is good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Turn away from evil. Do what is good. Seek peace and pursue it. Listen to this. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry for help. The face of the Lord is set against those who do what is evil to remove all memory of them from earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. Maybe that's you today. One who is righteous has many adversities, but the Lord rescues him from all of them. He protects all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil brings death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. The Lord redeems the life of his servants, and all who take refuge in him 
will not be punished. Father God, speak your truth to our hearts. Father, show us what we're hungering for that is going to leave us unsatisfied and unfulfilled. Reveal those things to us, God, and help us, God. Give us the courage. Give us the the boldness to, to hunger and thirst for righteous things. Hunger and thirst for you. The only thing that brings true life, the only thing that brings eternity is you, Jesus. Lord, show us what we're filling our lives up on that is never gonna bring us that, that joy that we deeply yearn for. You've created us to have a relationship with you and I pray that each and every person in this room understands your love, understands how good you are. That even if we spend years chasing after unrighteous things, God, you're still there and you still want us to chase after you. God, speak truth into our hearts. I pray that walls will be broken down in our relationships. Tear them down, Lord. Heal us. Heal our relationships, God. Turn those walls into windows of connection. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.